Hi, this is Hannah Fleming. These responses are from USC Beach Volleyball alum Jenna Belton. Our first question is, what are three to five daily habits that you do to become the best athlete possible? So, um, I think for me, I'm going to give four daily habits. And um, I think the first one is pretty straightforward, but it's just having a routine. Um, And, you know, whether that routine is for your practice or it's getting up at the same time every single day. Um, but having something that your body can get used to and adjust to, um, and thrive off of, I think is really important. Um, and I think that this is especially important once you actually get out of college. So I think in high school and definitely when you're at college, you kind of have a routine set in place for you, right? In high school, it's because of your club practices in school, And then college is similar. If you're going to college for a sport, like for me, for beach volleyball at USC, um, I had my classes. And then every single day, well, every Monday through Friday, I had my USC beach practice from 11 till 3 p.m. So from 11 a.m. till 12, we had weights every single day. And then from 12 to 3, we had beach practice. And then after that, we would have recovery on our own time. Um, So that was definitely a routine set in place for us. And you know, it, it was difficult. I mean, it, it was a big commitment to follow, but it was there, structured for us. Um, I think routine becomes a really big part of of how you approach your day once you finish college, and your routine is entirely up to you, so you don't have that structure anymore. Um, and I think that's a really big transition that you can start to tackle when you're younger, right, by kind of establishing, controlling the parts of re- your routine that you can control, I think will set you up um, for success later after college when you finish and all of a sudden your training schedule is entirely up to you. Um, you'll want to be able to know how to do that. And then I'd say my second habit would be um, nutrition and just treating your body right. So I don't want to speak too specific to nutrition because I think nutrition actually really varies person to person. Um, but I think essentially the essence of it is fueling your body, right? So just, you know, fueling your body in a way, fueling and feeling your body in a way, um, that is going to make you feel good and perform well and recover well. Um, I think, you know, that's totally variant upon everyone's body and who they are and, um, what makes them feel good. But I think making sure that, you know, you prepare well, both in terms of uh, physically and in terms of um, nutritionally before anything, like it, before any matches, and then also recovering properly, um, both with, you know, what you eat and, um, you know, how you recover your body after an athletic performance. So ice bath, um, ice baths, what else, um, Norma Tech, whatever you need to do, stretching, whatever you need to do afterwards. And, oh, that leads me right to my third one, which would be stretching. Um, Stretching sounds maybe like a silly daily habit, right? But I think it's crucial, um, even if it's not a day that you, you know, went out and pushed your body really hard. In fact, those are the days that you might need to stretch even more. Um, Stretching, and I would tag on recovery, I think are huge understated aspects of athletic performance, Um, I think, especially when you're young 
and you're super limber and you're probably not going to get injured as easily, um, I think it's important to, to start that, um, that habit of stretching and recovery when you're young. So once you're older, like me, and suddenly your body isn't bouncing back as easily as it used to, um, you already have that kind of ingrained habit and you're able to recover a lot better. Um, I know for me personally, I've seen a lot of my fellow athletes get injured over time and I'm sure there's a huge reason, you know, a huge variety of reasons for that. But for me personally, I've never been injured, which is such a blessing. And I've always been really big on stretching and recovery. It's something I've always taken really seriously and done on my own time. And I think that is a huge reason that um, I've stayed healthy for so long. So I cannot overstate enough how important I believe this is to incorporate in your daily routine. Um, and then my fourth daily habit I would mention is mental health. So, you know, taking some time every single day for your mental health. And I think that is up to you as how you want to define taking time for your mental health. Um, I think for some that could be visualizing or, you know, meditation uh, or yoga. Um, you know, those are some very obvious mental health aspects or mental health um, routines <laughs> that you can do. Um, for me, I think more so it's doing something completely unrelated from my sport or athletics, um, that makes me happy. So building, you know, different, different facets of your life out, um, I think is really important. I think it's really good for your mental health. Uh, you know, for me, that can be, I like to go for a walk to the beach every day. I can walk to the beach or my house and I can, you know, walk on the beach and that's, you know, really nice for me. And I can do that and think nothing of my sport or nothing of my job, um, as well as, you know, reading a book or cooking, you know, doing things that are unrelated, um, I think is actually really important because it gives you a break, it allows your mind to reset, um, and then hopefully, you're, you know, you're more ready to go and rejuvenated when you do get back into your athletic mindset. Our second question is, what are three of the most common excuses that block you from becoming the person you want to be? All right. I think this is a really good question because we all have our own excuses. Um, for me personally, and I think these would probably pertain to a lot of people, my first one would be I don't have time. Um, and I think this is a really common one for many people. You know, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the time to do recovery today. I don't have the time um, to fit in, you know, that one extra hour of watching film. Um, you know, those are athletic examples, but I think you can make an argument for this in all aspects of your life. Um, the bottom line here is time is just a reflection of your priorities. So, you know, if you say you're not going to make time for something, you don't have time for something, um, that just means that it's not a priority, priority to you, or you're not going to prioritize that over uh, the other things that you've made time for in your day. So I think, you know, if it's something that ultimately would benefit you um, as a person, as an athlete, whatever it may be, I think that you should take a look at that. And if, you, if you're saying you don't have time for it, look at the things that you are making time for and just make sure that, uh, you know, all of those items are also benefiting you in one, you know, some shape or form. Um, I think it's, you know, a good practice just to look over your priorities and make sure that you're able to reprioritize if necessary and make times 
time for the things that are actually important. Um, another common excuse I would say is, um, this one gets me a lot, I get caught up on what others would think, right? So I, I think too much about, you know, what my teammates, what my peers, what my family, um, whoever, what, you know, too much of my thoughts are about how they're going to react to my decisions. Um, and I think this one's huge because ultimately, especially when you're an athlete, like you have to take ownership of all your actions. Um, and, you know, to, to live the life of being a professional athlete or, you know, being a college athlete or even being a high school athlete, um, it's something that you, it, the motivation has to come from yourself. It can't come from others. It can't come from seeking validation from others. Um, ultimately, like it, it really has to stem from you. So you need to take a good look um, and just make sure that, you know, you're deciding things because, you know, it's the best for you or it's what makes, you know, you passionate, um, that your decisions aren't, um, you're, not, you're not scared of making decisions because you're worried of what other people will think. I think that this really comes into play for beach volleyball athletes after college um, because I think we're not like other sports like uh, baseball or football or soccer, right, where you get drafted into the professional athlete life. You get drafted to a professional team or you get picked up and then you're, you're part of a team and it's structured and you get paid well and, um, you know, you're making a living off of it and beach volleyball is a bit different, right? So you get out of college and you're on your own. You find your partner, you find your own coaching, um, you sign up for your own tournaments, you don't join a team where this is done for you and you pay for all of this. And then you also don't get paid very well. Like our sport doesn't make a lot of money. So um, I think some people uh, think that's crazy. And in some ways you can understand why some people think that's crazy. Um, you know, you get out of college, you have a great degree and you choose to, to work three part-time jobs to make ends meet in order to play the sport that you love um, rather than, you know, take some full-time position with a company um, where you're going to skyrocket your professional career. I think, you know, ultimately you have to, that's, that's that decision where you have to look deep inside yourself and make that one for yourself um, and realize that not everybody's going to understand the decisions you make, but um, what's most important is that you do. And then the third common excuse I would say is that I'm not ready or you're not ready. Um, feeling like you are not uh, ready to, I, I wouldn't actually use this in terms of games because you always want to feel a level of preparedness for your competitions because of the, you know, the practice that you've put in. Um, I use this more for scenarios of um, the fear, fear of failure for, let's say, making a big decision of um, committing to something. So whether that decision is joining your high school varsity team or it's deciding to play beach volleyball in practice or beach volleyball in college and then showing up to your first day of practice and feeling like you're not ready um, or it's qualifying for your first AVP and you show up the day of the main draw and you feel like you're not ready like it's a scary feeling it's that fear of failure um, but it's very normal 
And I think it's certainly something that should not um, stop you from making decisions, right? Don't let fear of failing or of not being ready um, prevent you from going after something that you're passionate about. Um, I really like, I think I got this from another podcast, but there's a response to this that I really liked, um, which was show up before you're ready. So, you know, you're never going to prepare enough or, uh, yeah, prepare enough to be ready for every single situation. Like that's never going to happen. You're going to be preparing and waiting around to feel ready forever. Sometimes you just got to jump into it, right? And not feeling totally prepared, not feeling totally ready, not knowing what to expect. And um, ultimately, that's where you're going to learn and grow the most. And sure, you might fail a little bit, but um, in the long run, you're going to grow a lot more from that situation. Our third question is, how do you maintain focus on the controllables? What is the result of measuring ourselves with the uncontrollable outcomes like winning? Um, I think this question is huge. I really like it. Um, Focusing on the controllables is something that um, our team at USC emphasized a lot. We talked a lot about this. Um, I think controlling what you can control is so important in our game of beach volleyball when there, there are so many uncontrollable factors. Um, so I think when you focus on what you can actually control, that's when you see growth, both as a person or in your sport. Um, for example, you know, things that you can control include the effort that you give in practice, uh, the time out of your day that you're going to dedicate to such and such, whether that could be um, practice, recovery, you know, making that time to do those things. Um, how are you going to approach a match? So, you know, what's your mindset going to match? Having a positive mindset, uh, mindset, feeling competitive, feeling ready, um, being a good teammate. That's something you can control for sure. And how you prepare. So how you warm up for that competition, um, you know, the practice and the repetition you put in beforehand. Um, those are definitely factors that you have control over. I think that if you make the best out of what you can control, then you'll find that the uncontrollable aspects are more likely to fall into place. Um, so, if, you know, if we're saying that winning is the uncontrollable outcome, well, then what can you do? You can focus on those little aspects um, that you're able to control, and ultimately the results will follow suit. Um, so, focusing on the end goal, the, you know, winning, the uncontrollable part. That, that's super daunting and that can really bog you down and get you in the negative. Um, and I think most importantly, you know, focusing on that angle pulls you out of being present in the moment, which is like everything in beach volleyball. That is so much of what the game is because points happen really fast and you really have to be present the entire time. Um, so I think to answer the actual question, how do you maintain focus on the controllables? I think the best way to maintain focus on them is to remind yourself constantly to remain present. Don't start daydreaming about the end result of a game when you're only halfway through it. You've got to control what you can in the current play, the current moment, and then the results will follow as, you know, as a result of that. Our final question is, do you find yourself comparing your play to others? If so, do you think this comparison helps you grow as an athlete? How do you feel about the quote, There is nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self by Ernest Hemingway. Okay, so to answer the first question, um, do you find yourself comparing your play to others? I, yeah, 
I w- I'd be lying if I said I don't compare myself to others, you know, not, not just in my volleyball, but in all aspects of life. I think that's a huge part of human nature. Um, so certainly, of course, I, I do. But um, I think that especially in athletics and everything, there's both healthy and unhealthy ways to do this, right, to compare. Um, I think that one healthy way to do this is, I guess, less so comparing and more so finding someone to aspire towards. So a role model for the play that you want to achieve. Um, Comparing yourself to their play can be a good way to find things that you need to improve on and to get onto that next level. I think that's, you know, a really healthy kind of critical thinking way to compare. Um, I like the advice from Andrew Fuller, who is the Stanford Beach Volleyball coach um, that he once gave me, which was find your um, professional doppelganger. (laughs) So find someone who, you know, is on the professional tour, who is, you know, their experience and years of play and skill is far beyond you, and that's okay. Um, But find that person who, despite this, they're kind of similar in how they approach the game and some of their um, volleyball, you know, mechanics or mannerisms, and um, utilize them as your kind of role model doppelganger where you can kind of compare how you play directly to them and you're able to really um, see kind of the the differences right um, and see you know what specific things you need to be doing to get your play up to that next level um, I think that this is a you know a healthy practice and a healthy way to compare yourself I think that comparison can get unhealthy if it causes you to have a negative view of yourself um, in your own play, as well as cause you to have, you know, a negative view or a jealous view towards others. Um, and, you know, I think that it is pretty obvious when we check ourselves, um, when that comparison is unhealthy, when it is negative. So I think that's the key component is checking yourself. Um, when you catch yourself comparing, ask yourself whether this comparison you're making will actually allow you to learn and grow as a player or is it only going to, you know, bog you down or break down your confidence. I think that's really important just to be self-aware. And then let's go back up to that quote. So there's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. Your true nobility is being superior to your former self. Ernest Hemingway. Um, I like this quote a lot. Um, it actually reminds me of something else I read that I really liked, which was just, uh, the idea of competing with yourself. And I think that's what this quote embodies too. You know, there's no need to fixate too much on what everyone else is doing, um, when we could all vastly improve ourselves. I mean, just thinking about, you know, I'm, you could do this with yourself as a practice. There's so many things that we can pick apart about ourselves that we need to improve on. And, um, I think it's important to spin this in a positive way. Um, competing with yourself as an athlete, you know, competition is something that comes naturally to us. We love competing. Um, so let's take that and, you know, apply it to ourselves and compete with ourselves to be better than we were yesterday. Um, I think this can apply to sports, but this can apply to everything in life, you know, whether it's being more focused at practice, um, or being a better friend, like, or making more time to do the things you love, whatever it is, whether it's athletics or life. Um, I think this is, again, a a healthier way to compare, Um, you know, comparing yourself to yesterday 
in a way that's going to better you tomorrow, I think is a, is a good way to tackle that. Thank you very much, Jenna. I hope everyone enjoyed these responses. One of the biggest takeaways for me was what you said about excuses, that sometimes you might feel like you don't have time, but really what you need to check is what you're prioritizing and see if those things are more important to you than what you're looking to accomplish. Once again, thank you, Jenna, and I hope everyone found something interesting to take away from such an inspirational athlete.